Wow, let's give, let's give my friend, my brother, my brother, William Gooch, a round of applause, a love deposit. Ah, <laughs> got me happy this morning. It's, it's a blessing. It's always a blessing to serve, um, but it's always a blessing to serve with my brother. So, so uh, William and I, we attended, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting the urge to say Gooch, you know, but uh, William and I, we, we attended Southwestern Christian College uh, together. We sang um, in the acapella chorus. Um, he was in the summer tour. I was in the summer tour. We traveled the world singing, singing. I'm going to sing in the middle of a storm, louder and louder. I was uh, so excited uh, when, when Gooch, when William accepted the call <laughs> uh, to, to come and serve us. Um, William is an accomplished uh, arranger, composer, singer, so glad uh, that he is continuing to further the work in the kingdom of God. Thank you so much. Let's give him another round of applause. So, so, so my name is Thurman Metters. As you all know, I, I serve as a worship and also outreach minister uh, here. And um, I am so thankful to be here. It, it is a very heavy task, heavy responsibility uh, that I do not take lightly to minister the preached word um, on this morning. I am standing in the space uh, for Richie Ham, who at this moment has his hands full with uh, his grandson. And so um, we, are, we are so thankful. We are so thankful for uh, what he means to this congregation um, and to the members here. So let's give him a round of applause as well. <laughs> we, we are going to continue uh, the theme of my favorite Bible stories. So this morning, uh, I'm, I ask with all sincerity that you find yourself within this text. Amen? That you find yourself within this text. Uh, Luke chapter 15, verses 1, verses 11 through 32. 11 through 32. Luke chapter 15, 11 through 32. We can go ahead and put it up at this time. Some have labeled uh, this parable uh, the prodigal son. Some have labeled uh, this parable the other brother. Some have labeled it the forgiving father. Whatever you choose to entitle this, go right ahead. Um, Jesus used parables. Jesus used parables. A parable is, is a throw-along story. Um, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly Meaning, Jesus used parables to make the unclear clearer. Jesus used parables so that we could get a better understanding of what the kingdom of heaven is like. Amen? So, in verse 11, the Bible starts and it says, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after, the younger son got together all that he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth with wild living. Say wild living. Yeah. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. The Bible says he longed 
to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. The Bible says that, the, that, that, that he, got, he got so hungry, he got so hungry that he wanted to eat what the pigs were eating. Verse 17, the Bible says, when he came to his senses, in other versions it says, when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food enough to spare? And here I am, starving to death. Here's what I'll do. I'll set out and go back to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was a long way off, it says still a long way off, his father saw him. Question, have you ever found yourself a long way off from the father? Notice what happens. The Bible says his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But notice then how the father responds to his son. The son who left. Yeah, the, the son who took his money and bailed. Yeah, the son who brought shame upon the family. Notice how the father responds. But the father said to his servants, quick! Get the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and let's celebrate. For, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Thankfully, thankfully his father didn't say, oh, now you want to come back. Thankfully, thankfully, his father didn't say, took you long enough. Thankfully, he didn't, he didn't say, you know what? Go to your room. You're on punishment. Uh, I'm so glad that his father, look how the father responded. He said, he said, man, he received him with open arms. He received him with open arms. And then we have somewhat of a transition in the story. Almost a plot twist. Verse 25 says, meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music, he heard dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him, what, what is going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years, I've never missed a Sunday service. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's, excuse, excuse me. Let me. He said, look, all these years, I've never missed a Wednesday night's Bible class. No, no, hold on. 
Say, look, all these years, I've, I've done everything to the T. No, he said, look, all these years, I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet, you never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. The other brother had a, had a sense of entitlement based on his position with the father because he, he never left. He felt like he was owed something because he stayed around. And when he sees his younger brother come back home, he, he's angry because he feels like he doesn't deserve it. Some of us tend to have a sense of entitlement based on our titles, based on our social status, based on our beliefs, based on our positions, based on our financial status, based on our knowledge, based on our access, based on our accomplishment, based on our stuff, junk, and things. Verse 30, but when this son of yours, he didn't even acknowledge that that was his brother. He said, this son of yours, when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you killed the fatted calf for him? The older brother, he started to list his younger brother's record of wrongs. You have anybody in your life that constantly reminds you and remembers everything you did wrong five years ago? 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. Gooch, I'm so glad that I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago. Ah, in Southwestern, oh my Lord. Um, ah, I'd like to believe that I gr I, I've grown since then, come a long way since then. Anybody else? Yeah. Can you find yourself within this story yet? Are there any attitudes like the older brother here today? Don't raise your hand. Verse 31, my son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. But, but look at what he said. He said, but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. What a story of redemption. What a story of reconciliation. What a story of forgiveness, a story of restoration. <laughs> Which reminds me of another story. Um, a lady, a lady went to the preacher and told him, I won't be attending church services anymore. The preacher asked why. She said, you know, listen, I see people on their cell phones during worship service. Some are gossiping. Some are just not living right. Some are just a bunch of hypocrites, completely disrespectful. The preacher got silent. And he said, okay. But can I ask you to do something for me before you make your final decision? She said, sure. Here's what he said. 
take a glass, take a glass of water, and this is what the preacher did. He filled, try not to spill anything on the stage. Don't miss this, don't miss this. He filled her glass up. Stay right there until I tell you. He filled her glass up. Thank you. And he said, he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk around this church twice. Two times. Walk around the church. But here's the stipulation. Don't let any water spill out of this glass. She said, yeah, yeah, I can do that. So she carefully walked around the church service two times. And if I didn't have all my clothes on and this mic on, I would do the same, but I'm not going to do it. She came back and she said, it's done. He asked her three simple questions. Did you see anybody on their cell phones? She said, no. Second question, did you hear anyone gossiping or being completely disrespectful? She said, no. Third question, was anybody living wrong? She said, no, I need you to come and take this. It'd be an ultimate shame that if, 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 if this spilled out right now on my illustration. All right, there you go. Mm-hmm. All right, be careful. And here's what she said. I didn't see or hear anything because I was too focused on my glass so that nothing would spill out of it. Oh, somebody caught it. Um, he then told her, see, when you come to the house of the Lord, You should be that focused on God that you don't see nobody else but him. Many times we are so focused, like the older brother, on on someone else that God is saying, Hello, I'm trying to get your attention. What about me? We tend to miss God in the worship service because we are distracted by something or someone else. Can you find yourself within this story yet? The prodigal son, yeah, we've been talking about storms a lot lately. And what's our response while in the storm? We can talk all day on Sunday about our response, but what's our response on a late Monday afternoon? What's our response on a Thursday evening when life has beat us down? Only you can answer that. But I know about the father's response. I know how the father responds. You see, he's consistent. In this parable, we see that the father never leaves. He was always there. The son left, living a wild life, going through so much, felt undeserving to be called his child. Anybody in here ever felt undeserving? Like, you, like you're not a child of the Most High God? There are some of us in here today who have left, and you want to come back home the good news is you can. <laughs> I said the good news is you can. <sighs> and just like this text, the Father will welcome you back with open arms. The Bible says in Isaiah 59, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear, but your iniquities have separated you from God. The Father is always there. The other brother was in the house. 
There are some of us who under the sound of my voice are in the house. Let me be a little more clear. Some of us sitting comfortably in the pews right now, and all you are thinking about is kind of like the older brother. All these years I've come to church, sat on the front row, come to Bible study, and all this time the father is saying, that's nice and all, but what about me? Yeah, you've checked off every box, but you've missed the most important part, and that's me. Can you find yourself in this story yet? I knew it would be silence. That's okay. Today, you may have found yourself a far way off from the Father. Just know you can always come back home. This is a message about grace. This is a message about grace. Some of us may be in the house right now and still are far away from the Father. You can come back home. Listen, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. You must believe that in which you've heard. And then repentance means change. You know, what is it, what good is it to hear something and it convicts you? and not do anything about it. Yeah, repentance means to what? To actually turn away from one way and go another way, a complete 180. Um, maybe, maybe you thought a certain way. I, said, I put 30 years ago, maybe five years ago, maybe two weeks ago. But now that you know better, you have a changed mind. Thank God for a changed mind. Praise God for a changed mind. Amen. Praise God for a changed mind. And then to humbly receive the truth from wherever it comes from. Have we gotten to the point in our lives where we can't receive truth from someone else because they don't look like us? Because they don't hang around us? Lord have mercy. Uh, we can't receive truth because we, we've gotten so high and mighty. My mama would say, you've gotten so heaven-bound, you know earthly good. <laughs> oh, Lord. If, if, if it stung, you say, ouch. Okay, all right. We've got some honest people. Look, ouch. I'll say it. Can we not receive the truth from whatever source it may come from? The Bible says also, with the, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Listen, the water is ready. You, you, may, you may have the question, what must I do to be saved? Be obedient. Give your life to Christ. You can do that today. The Father is welcoming you with open arms today. You need some hope today? It's in Christ. Need some love today? It's in Christ. You need a changed mind today? It's in Christ. If you need forgiveness today, oh, if you need grace today, if you need healing today, if you need some restoration today, come on and sing. If you need deliverance from your storm, if you're in need today, whatever you need, it's in Christ, as we together stand and sing the song of invitation. Mm -hmm.